Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast. My guest today needs no introduction, yet she deserves all the introductions. Actress, producer, Rachel Lee Cook is hanging out with us today. You might be like me. You might have seen her on screen back in the day in a little film called The Babysitter's Club. And then in some cult classics like She's All That, Josie and the Pussycats. If you're like me, you've just seen her on screen forever. Like, girl, like you've just watched her on screen your entire life. That is how I felt. And then I am very lucky to say that years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting Rachel. And I am just so excited that we get to hang out on, on my podcast today. We're going to be talking about uh, life, work, travel, We're specifically talking about travel because Rachel has a new movie out right now on Netflix, A Tourist Guide to Love. She plays a travel executive who accepts an assignment to go undercover and learn about the tourist industry in Vietnam. Basically my dream job. I love to travel. I talk about traveling a lot on this podcast. Also, my Cold Brew Conversation podcast that comes out on Mondays. I have traveled alone a lot in my life. I have an entire folder on my computer of just travel itineraries. If I had not chosen the route of an actress... 
I probably would have found myself as some sort of travel agent because I love to book a travel itinerary. I love to plan every single detail of a trip out, like down to the minute. But I've also had to learn that when you travel that way, sometimes you miss out on really special opportunities. So you have to leave room for little magical moments to happen. And that's exactly what A Tourist Guide to Love is all about. It is such a delightful film. If you haven't already seen it, you're definitely going to want to watch it after this interview. Please enjoy my sit down with Rachel Lee Cook. There's so much I was excited to talk about, like career and life and, you know, forward thinking of, you know, how we as the architects of our life, how we can try to anticipate what, you know, we want and and create that for ourselves. And then after watching your movie, I'm like, fuck that. I just want to talk about travel and like solo female travel, Um, (laughs) a tourist guide to love. It just gave me the biggest travel itch ever. And it's such a fantastic movie. It's all the good feels. And, uh, and I like, I'm so excited to dive into it, but I just want to like, have you ever been someone who travels by themselves? Cause the, the main character, she, she works for a travel company. She goes to Vietnam to research this other travel company. I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I do that. Like I actually go on trips like that and I travel a lot by myself. Is this something that you've ever done? Okay. First of all, Candace, thank you so much for watching the movie. That was above and beyond of you. I would have been happy with even just a click. I so appreciate that, especially with how busy you are. Like, thank you. That I mean, so twist my you. arm and make me watch an amazing rom-com starring Aww, you. I mean, thank you. you're the greatest. <laughs> um, let me see. I, uh, do I travel solo? First of all, yeah, what do you mean you travel solo? You mean before your kids probably or for work? So I do a lot of the Comic Cons. Mm-hmm. And so those take me overseas to Europe. And if I'm going to be traveling there already, then I usually try to pad a few extra days. I'm also separated now. And so congratulations. I know just, you know, I've joined the big D club, uh, big divorce <laughs> energy over here. Um didn't anticipate it's a very weird club you know as you know um, I do I do I but I know. also know that the appropriate response to that news is not I'm sorry it's I, not. yes and thank it's, you and I've learned that and you don't know until you go through it's it it's so true it's so it's, true it's just yeah it really is you get kind of inducted into this uh club um but I so especially last year in being separated and knowing that you know my kids would obviously be with their dad I and I kind of had these opportunities to travel for work. Mm-hmm. I just left. And and even when I was younger, pre-kids, I did this a lot. Like I went mm-hmm. on a cooking, like a week-long cooking tour through Italy and or through the Amalfi Coast with like cookingvacations.com and wow. just ended up on one of those trips where you're just on this like bus full of people and everyone's from different places. Everyone has completely different backgrounds and you just make this little mini community with a bunch of strangers and it's so many magical things happen. And it, I try to convince everyone to go and just get out there and travel alone at some point in their life. So I'm so happy to have seen it in this like wonderful film way because so many people are so scared to do it. Um, but did you, have you ever done, like, did you ever travel that way? Because you, you've been working forever. You've been in the industry forever. Is that something you were ever able to do? I mean, girl, you get it. Um, yeah, I, let me see. I haven't done international cons like you have. I definitely am lucky enough to travel for work sometimes. And I lay, I, I love my weekends when I, when I get to shoot abroad somewhere, but 
other than that, yeah, there's not been a great deal of kid-free travel. Um, but I, I have, I've done one bus tour and I find it so exciting that, like you said, people from all walks of life coming together. And that was sort of the impetus for putting together this movie is that I knew coming out of COVID that people really had a travel bug. And I also knew that there was also just that thing we've all been missing of just not having connection with new humans. Nobody's talking to strangers, period, these days, let alone in the COVID era. So that's where this all sort of came from, actually. Do you like to travel? Do you like but to talk you, to strangers? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yes, I do. So what, I, I'm that person who looks at who's next to them in traffic. And I'm like, I wonder where they're going. Like, I'm, a very, I'm a very nosy person. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to talk to you on a plane if I'm sat next to you. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I will talk to you if you want to talk to me. But don't worry. I'm not going to talk your ear off the whole flight. Like that kind of person. I always say my favorite place in the world is an airport bar. You can have like the most vulnerable yeah. conversations with, I mean, you will hear everyone's life story in a matter of like, you know, 70 minutes at an airport bar. And it is my favorite place in the whole world. That is so, oh my God, the lucky person who gets to sit next to you and just find out about everything that's been going on with you. You're the perfect person to have this podcast. I oh mean, my goodness. Lucky. I, come I on. don't know about lucky. Um, no, but, I mean, you built it. That's not luck. <laughs> Good job, Candace. But, um, how long were you in Vietnam making this movie? We were there two months and oh I'm used God. to quicker shoots, sort of fast and furious, like just, you know, get it done as fast as we almost irresponsibly can. And this one was, it's not that it was luxurious in terms of shooting days, but we had so much travel that we had to build in days to simply get, you know, all of us, the crew, the equipment cast to the next location. So we were there a solid two months. Well, but it was great. Like my kids came out, my mom, our nanny, like just, it, it was, it was a great experience. It was hectic as all get out. It was hot, but I'm so proud of what we made, especially considering how, you know, difficult it was at times. Yeah. But I do need a vacation. Do you need a vacation? Where was your last vacation? I have so many questions. I, my last big vacation, I went to Scotland for a week by myself and road tripped. I love it. Did you do that train? My friend Christina no. was there recently and she did that. Oh my God, I want that train so bad. I know. I, I would, if I, if I could do it again, I would spend like two to three weeks there. And that's the part with having kids. I mm. can't really do that. Yeah. Um, I, I planned a trip in which I went fly fishing up in the Highlands. And, that is so cool. And golfing in St. Andrews and just drank a lot of whiskey, like a lot. Like very peaty whiskeys. Yes. You're contributing to the economy is <laughs> what you're saying. doing. Just you're one dram, jobs. one yeah. dram at a time, just really giving back to the Scottish community. <laughs> Good for you. How old are your kids now? Oh my gosh. You know, when your kid like turns a new age, you have to get used to saying it. So my baby, my little baby is eight years old. How dare you, Theodore? And my oldest is nine and a half. She'll be 10 this year. So I can't oh even. Gosh. How about you? Uh, seven and two and a half. Oh my gosh. I that know. little two and a half. Don't you trick yourself into thinking that they're grown up. That's still a baby. I it's know. a baby. I know. I know. And it happens so fast. But speaking of baby, how old were you when you started acting? <laughs> You're really good at segues. Let me just point that out because that was lovely. It's like a dance step. I appreciated it. <laughs> out of um, the way. And... <laughs> Uh, when I started acting, I was probably 15 when I started acting in a way that I consider uh, watchable, probably 18. Wait, so you were 15 in Babysitter's Club? Yes. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. I really literally feel like 15 they, year olds then and 15 year olds now look very different. Like very I very, very different, different, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. That's it's it's crazy. so true. And they'd be, they, they were sure to keep us all looking like kids. You know, it was, this was pre euphoria times. Right? Yeah. <laughs> very, I would love to have like a viewing party of just like the babysitters club in euphoria in one city. <laughs> a whiplash I think would kill everyone involved um but yeah how old were you when you started I don't even know oh I was older I was 18 that so was I was just, I was very old in, in Hollywood years exactly yeah. like I'm a grown-up now I, I'm an adult um but did you know like that you kind of won this magical movie lottery at such a young age I mean you went from because I also remember with Huck and the adventures of Huck and Finn oh my god good memory. I, had a very committed relationship with my Jonathan Taylor Thomas poster on my wall. Uh huh. Well, he's a lovely young man. Yes. I'm sure he's still doing great somewhere. I think he's a lawyer now or something smart. Totally I mean, figures. Of course he is. Of course he is. I always do. <laughs> but, but did you know, like, at that point, was it, were you a younger actor as a kid being like, oh, this is, this is cool, but I'm still in school? Or were you like, did you get the bug? And you're like, this is what I meant to do. Yeah, well, I think like most kids, I was ready to be done with school as swiftly as possible. So when this presented itself as any kind of an option, I was like, let's stay on this train for as as actively as we can. Just seemed like a great deal Um, to, you know, be independent in the workforce of a cool job. I'm sure a lot of people would have taken that opportunity, but it was certainly... um, it had a lot of high school-esque uh, amounts of rejection as the business still, you know, can serve up. And it's complicated, you know, socially it can be, it can be lonely being, you know, just sort of on your own um, starting out in the industry. It's hard to keep friends around. Everyone's so transient. And so, yeah, did I know I had won some kind of a lottery? I knew I was lucky, that's for sure. I mean, I managed to somehow book my first audition, which was The Babysitter's Club. It was my first studio movie audition. Wow. So that's not a good example of if you <laughs> if you think you know how the business works. That's a total anomaly. So I, I'm just lucky that that happened. But back in those days, and I'm now old enough to make statements like back in those days, it was just sort of the momentum of getting one thing could really get you another. Like you could mm-hmm. successfully sort of trick people into hiring you for something else because they're like, oh, that's the girl who booked Tom and Huck or whatever. Like it just, that momentum carried me forward, uh, I think for quite a long time. And then she's all that made good money. So that afforded me some opportunity and commercial things. But really, I just wanted to be like, a you know, one of the cool kids making indie movies. But I that was always kind of... Uh, never going to yield, I think. Um, I don't know how to put this. It just wasn't for me and in terms of a frequency way. So I did that for years, but now that I've returned to this kind of content, I think I feel more at home. Yeah. Like, do you look back and thinking like, well, first of all, it's so funny because when you say 15, I'm like, oh my gosh, you were so young. But I did the same thing. I left school when I was 16 because I was originally in the music business and I got a record deal and my mom came out with me to LA, just like two you suitcases each. Yeah. And I was like halfway through my year, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> this was not for me. I'm, yes. I'm on to other things. And I was very committed to, like to the career path very early on, even though it took me in a different direction. You totally get it. Oh my God. And you can sing. 
Well, I mean, they're, they're very rusty pipes these days. They um, are pipes <laughs> nonetheless. That is incredible. I'm learning all kinds I of mean, things over here. I mean, but when, when you, it's funny to hear you say that you had all this wonderful commercial success and then you had this mm-hmm. idea of like, no, no, but I want to be like this indie kind of gritty actor because I feel like that is such a like very common thing. <laughs> it's so typical. I remember like, cause I had that same thing too for years throughout Vampire. I was just I, like, by the time I was ready to commit to working on other things, I just was like, no, it has to be this level of, you know, this kind of a big show, or it would have to be this kind of a gritty role or this person that I'd work with. And it was so much of it was based off of how I thought other people would see me as opposed to how I saw myself and what I actually even wanted and what I actually enjoyed. And what I enjoyed was going to work because I like working, Uh working with really nice, cool people Uh that are in good moods most of the time (laughs) and making like delightful, like, you know, films and projects that make people feel really good or give them like a hug to their heart. Like that's the stuff that I enjoy. And and it's funny how it's like, and and it's also, I think just being in your maybe twenties in the industry too, you know? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too. connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What were some of the indie projects that you were like, ooh, I'm going to sink my teeth into this. This is my <laughs> this is my Spirit Award winner here and straight to Oscar. Oh, my God. Okay, I never thought I was in any danger of winning an Oscar. Let me be super clear about that. But um, first of all, thank you for putting that all so eloquently. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I remember I loved, and I to this day, I love the script for this movie I did called Stateside with Jonathan Tucker. And um, 
my gosh, it's it's a really good movie. Uh, my friend to this day, Danny, Danny Francesi's in it. And it's I, I play a schizophrenic woman who's a singer. Again, sec, second time I played a fake singer um, because I can't sing like you, Candace. You probably should have played this part. Uh, but she's a schizophrenic and a sort of former actress who's, you know, losing touch with reality in varying degrees, who falls in love with a boy who's on the outs with his family because he keeps getting in trouble and he's supposed to behave. He's from this well-to-do family and they send him off to the Marines and sort of against the all odds, they find each other and it's their sort of unlikely love story. And the writing is very sort of abstract and poetic. The guy, uh, Rivera Janselmo, who wrote it is truly a character and I love his writing in, in that piece, but yeah, it, it did not take off the way that I think um, I, I felt at the time, at least. Uh, I thought it deserved to. And it did sort of make me realize that people are more comfortable with seeing me do a certain kind of thing that probably just matches my natural frequency better. I don't, um, yeah, I don't take issue with that. And I certainly would take any opportunity like that that came around again. I don't, I don't regret it, but I do understand why it probably made $3 at the box office. Yeah. But then also that's why I think, you know, it's so easy, I think, for a lot of people to look at actors, I mean, I'll do the same thing. I'll watch someone and be like, why are they making that choice in their career? They should be doing this. They could be doing that. And in reality, then when you're actually just part of the industry, you realize, oh, there's certain choices that you make because some might have the optics of looking really cool, but Mm -hmm. you're not able to put a roof over your head or feed your family. And then other things help you feed your family. And other people are going to be like, that's not that cool, but actually it's incredibly cool because you get to do what you love to do and provide and be a person in the world that pays taxes and does all the things. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. You completely get it. And like you said, so much of what I love about our job is just the doing of the work. I love the people. I feel such a kinship with, you know, with these members of our silly actor tribe. And I just feel so lucky to be in it. I've never been a person to go on set and be like, oh, this shit, you know, like, just, I love it. Is anyone else in your family in the business? No, no. My, uh, my mom's very artistic. She's a weaver and she spins and dyes natural fibers and is incredible in that way. I could talk about her for hours. She's an amazing artist. And my dad, although he dabbled in stand-up comedy when I was young and now just mostly specializes in dad jokes, um, he was a social worker in the public school system. So, so oh, not wow. really. What about your folks? Were they creatives? No, my dad's an, uh, uh, <laughs> my mom was an environmental engineer. And then my, before being a stay at home mom, and then my dad is a cardiovascular surgeon. And just to give you perspective on how little involved he is with the arts, he texted me the other day and said, Hey, honey, do you know a Martin Scorsese? And I said, I, I not personally, but by, <laughs> but by, but by craft and fame. And he goes, Oh, cool. I just operated on his brother. No Never heard way. of him. But I guess his brother was in some of his movies. Is he still alive and making films? And I just was like, Yeah, yes, oh, dad. It's, my he's a very, yes. God. That is incredible. And I was just like, here's a man can save a person's life, knows every lyric to a Jimmy Buffett song, yet (laughs) is just like, do you know a Martin Scorsese? 
So no, I do not come from a background of artists. That is <laughs> I'm a so lone wolf. Refreshing, but, though. But it's funny when you get bit by this bug and like you don't understand it, and then you just love it so much. And and it sounds like I'm very similar to the way that you're describing your love for just not even the final product, but like the the joy of making it and like the community that comes with that, which is just my favorite part. I mean, before I even started acting, I was in LA at, you know, 16, 17, and all the people that I met that were my age, that were my friends just happened to be actors on very big television shows. So if I wanted to hang out with them, I'd go hang out on their sets. I did schooling with one of them with their onset schooling. And I just fell in love with being on sets. I was like, oh, this is cool. Free snacks, always awesome. Always Always. a plus. Mm -hmm. But just all these people coming together to make like one, like each special moment and like this synchronicity of that, I just found it so beautiful. And like this kind of mishmash family that I was like, oh, I want to be a part of a mishmash family. Exactly, exactly. Especially TV gives you that feeling of family too. I can't say that it it does feel a little bit more like the circus is blown into town. Like when you go do movies, you know what I mean? It it does feel more temporary. And that's what I do miss about doing a series. I've only done three seasons of something. I've not touched what you've done. So I can't even imagine how it must have felt leaving your last like long-term TV family. Are you in touch with a lot of people? Yeah, I just saw everyone. Um, I saw Daniel in um, in uh, Covington the other weekend. Yes. And like two yes. weeks ago. Yeah, so there Amazing. was a whole bunch of us there. So we see each other all the time, actually, which is because of these Comic-Cons, which is really nice. But in day-to-day, not as much. But it is. It's like this family. It's like family that you get together for like every, like for Thanksgiving every year, you know? <laughs> in this like so in lovely. very weird circumstances of, of Comic-Con in Germany or like <laughs> in Covington, Georgia. Um, but it is. It is a, it's like this language that you all learn how to speak with one another that, it, you know, I just remember going to dinners and, you know, my, my, my partner and like anyone else who would bring in a significant other would come to these work dinners and be like, Oh, here we go. Because we'd all just have this language, this work mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. that unless you're there, it's kind of hard to follow or jump in casually. And no, it's so true. It's like, uh, you had to be there or you'll never know. Yeah, it's just, I know it's so special though. You'll always have that. And what, that's what I love about our business too, is that, you know, it could literally be 15, 20 years. If, hypothetically, if you ran into someone again and you would still have that shorthand. And that's such a hard thing to explain. I mean, I think people who aren't in entertainment do understand some levels. Like if you went to summer camp with someone, you know, or something like that, you kind of kept in in touch with the people you went to college with. Or, you know, I I don't think it's a total unique phenomenon to our profession, but it's a major plus. I think we have another person who is very, who has connects us in a, in a way in like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon way. You mentioning Josie and the Pussycats and like that you didn't sing in that. Kay Hanley, I think yes. might've done your, I, <laughs> so I toured as a backup singer for a hot minute. Amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, for Miley Cyrus back in the day. And this. Kay was the other backup singer Get Kay out. from Letters to Cleo. So it was her and I who, if you watch like the best of both worlds, Miley tour movie, it's her and I that were on that tour together that for a is year. So, oh my God. The small, I love how tiny this world is, Candace. <laughs> that is so, so weird. I love and that. She, and she's so cool. I love like cool. Letters to Cleo, the coolest. And also like if anyone um, like 
obviously she did your vocals. They mm-hmm. were also featured in um, 10 Things I Hate About You. They're like the band in the movie. Like she just was so cool and fun. And like, I, I, I but I mean, you did a great job of uh, pretending <laughs> you were singing because I didn't know until she told me when we were on tour. And I was like, what? It does kind of feel like blasphemy that they even like, I will never be anything but grateful that I got that part. But there's no way with all of the double and triple threats out there that they got me who can like barely dance and hit a mark to like play that part. Unbelievable. You brought the toad. You brought Thank the Josie toad that everyone needed. Um, oh, you know I tried. And, and I just also love like, I loved that movie when it came out. I know that it obviously is now become this like cult hit that everyone appreciates so wild. and finally freaking gets um is what it is that like when you were making it was it very fun like do you remember oh my it being God, very we thought fun? everyone was gonna love it not like I mean I don't think anybody thought we we're too young to give a shit about the, the business of it all we weren't like oh I hope this is a good profitable opening weekend like none of us just sort of thought that way at least I didn't and um so we just had a great time making it and then sort of realized that it not making money had a very direct effect on our lives and careers but you know at the time we did just have a blast making it and I'm glad that we made the exact movie that we did because it found an audience even if it took a while and yeah, I, I love that movie. I love its total reverence. I, I love what it has to say. I love that it makes a statement. And I love that I got to be reunited with Missy Pyle from that movie on Tourist I Guide. I know. So I'm sure you caught that. That was going to be my next segue. Magical. Coming in, stealing my segues. <laughs> but before, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Before I bring in that segue, and also just how true that movie, like that movie kind of is that is now, you know, it's like everything is like marketed with this underlying advertising. Like there were songs that started coming out more and more and more during that time where people would, you know, make sure that they're talking about what alcohol they're drinking, what yeah. clothes they're wearing. Like it yeah. definitely like the the statement that was made at, like has now appeared in like our, the way we ingest our entertainment in advertising is not just from like TV and film, but also from like what we listen to and all the content that we're absorbing. So I think it's just very funny how much it's like come to fruition. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's not even a conspiracy anymore. It's, it's beyond direct. Like someone told me the other day that they write songs in a sort of backward way. Now they're like, okay, what's the dance? And then we like write the song so it can be a TikTok dance. And like, I I don't even know. I can't imagine that that's, gross to me that that's how music is being created right now let alone to sell products i know i I know but but because it's but it's it's tough and 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 even going back to where like you mentioning that you at the time you're young you don't think that like a movie doing well or not doing well and making money for a studio would have any effect on your career and then you feel that it did (laughs) like what for anyone that doesn't understand the industry who was like, what do you mean it had an effect on your career? I'm, I'm listening to you right now. You're doing great. Like what, it, like, I understand what you're saying, but like, what, what did you experience from that? What was the fallout sure, for sure. a while? Well, yeah, if you're associated with something that isn't a big box office success, you do sort of have to take the hit for that. You know what I mean? When you're headlining it, uh, nobody's like, hmm, that music wasn't great because it was. And somebody's got to be to blame for this, that like no one would blame 
I don't know, all of Universal, I guess, although maybe some people in the marketing department should be spoken to. Um, it was just a tough sell, that movie. So why it didn't hit exactly, I don't know. I think it was marketed towards just young people who didn't quite get the sort of abstract nature of some of the product placement, things like that, or not abstract, but sort of pointed nature of that. And then I think, quote unquote, grownups thought that it was for kids. And so I think yeah. people just fell somewhere in the middle. But in terms of the fallout, as you say, uh, yeah, you're just sort of shouldered with that sort of shadow of, uh, I don't, I don't want to say failure, just not resounding success. So it makes people wary about throwing money behind your projects. Um, you're still considered like a name, so you can get smaller movies but they're not going to be as good of material or if they are, they're not going to pay anything. It's, you know, it's a trade-off one way or another. Did you internalize any of that at the time? Definitely not. I, again, That's I was not amazing. informed. I was not informed enough to sort of take it personally or really worry until the sort of period in which uh, I really should have been doing some worrying had sort of passed. Cause I was just, I always conditioned myself to know that there were going to be ups and downs. Right. So I was just like, yeah, we're we're in a pendulum swing. We're just this is a phase, and I kept busy. It was not, you know, as high budget, et cetera, et cetera. But I hadn't worked on a bunch of huge movies before that, anyway. So I never thought I was going to be on some trajectory where things just built and built and built. You know, I never thought that that was going to be my track. And I've always had to fight, and I've always been okay with that. Yeah, but that not everyone has that. I mean, and I that's taken me a while to really make friends with the idea of like long game. Cause mm. I am a type a planner. Like I need to know when something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I just spent an hour in therapy being like, oh, but I don't know what's going to happen. And here's one scenario in which things can happen. Here's a B scenario. Here's a C scenario. And I'm just planning for every single scenario. So then I can be uber prepared for like, if anything does well and anything doesn't do well. And he just like, as I'm talking, he wrote like a phrase on a post-it and slowly walked over and just like put it on the couch next to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? What is this Latin? You're going to solve my problem solving with Latin. And the, basically the translation was make haste slowly. Mm. And I've been like sitting with that of just like being prepared. You can do all the things, but you also have to just be in the ride of it. And, and it really is like, and it just experience it. And so the, the fact that you had that wherewithal, when I know so many people I've talked to and many actors, especially are just like, no, 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 this is my moment. If I, if it doesn't happen now, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. And so you should commend yourself to have that kind of that knowing sense within you at, at, you know, a young age that, okay, this is the long game and there will be waves. There will be pendulum swings because not everyone has that. I feel like I please don't give me too much credit over here, Candace. I'm not ultra peaceful with it. I just understand that it's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like when you drive yourself to the doctor and you know that you're going to get a shot. You're like, that's going to happen. Here we go. <laughs> so, and in a way it's like, maybe I didn't manifest enough, like, uh, you know, everything going positive all the time, kind of whatever, but I'm just too practical for that. So, but I understand exactly what the, the phenomenon that you're talking about, about just wanting to plan because it makes you feel proactive in a time when, you know, so many things feel like they're out of our control. My brain is happiest when it's making plans for the future, when it can see the future a little bit. And I totally relate with what you're saying. So, 
yeah, if I can remember to make haste slowly one of these times, I'm going to text you and be like, <laughs> I think I'm doing it. I tried. Because <laughs> it's hard. Because when you can get into go mode, it yeah. just does feel good. It can it feel does. like a good day. And sometimes it's just like, you, it's like you're going down a hallway and there's all these doors and you're like, no, these doors are opening. Oh God, I'm just stuck in this hallway. Yep. And the predictability, like the safety of predictability Mm. is something that I'm really trying to reckon with. And also one COVID, I think Mm. was a big part of shaking that up for me that you like, you couldn't predict. I I couldn't predict that. I'm sure someone's listening being like, Oh, I predicted (laughs) whatever. But and then secondly, divorce, Uh, that was, that definitely has, I've had to reframe my idea. Like, cause I keep calling it like, it's the the Christmas card. It's like everything that you'd planned out is now different. Yeah. And that the safety of that predictability is now gone. And also the fact that like, when you get thrust into these situations, so oftentimes, if you actually are just quiet and tune in and be present, like that's when so many yummy things, the yummy stuff of life happens, you know, Mm -hmm. which also, I think was so beautifully highlighted in your film, A Tourist Guide to Love, because there there's she this perfect with, this ways, you guys. with Missy so Pyle, good. who you worked with, and <laughs> Josie and the Pussycast. Um, because there's this magical moment where your character says, I want to experience, I want experience, I want off the beaten path. And like, that's, that's the whole, that's the stuff. And you can't, you have to let go of the control of predictability in order to experience those things. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So is there a kind of a pivotal moment within your life or even the past decade or couple years where you had that kind of your own aha moment or your own kind of craving for off the beaten path where you got to like really just experience um, the unpredictability, like the yummy unpredictability of life? 
I would really, I would really like to. And I think the version of that that I'm looking for, that you're probably looking for too, that I don't think many of us give ourselves permission to have and to take is I've never pulled the plug on my availability to others, people who could need things for me professionally to, I mean, obviously we're always going to, our kids are going to need whatever they're going to need all the time. But in terms of, of the unpredictability of it all, the only way to get there is to make yourself available to it. And I think that so much of the burnout and burnout is very real in our business and people don't sort of appreciate or accept it. They just all want to be, there's this busyness Olympics that happens, especially in LA. And by the way, kudos to you for getting out of here. Um, And so what I would like in terms of, you know, that saying yes to life experience moment is fully saying no to the deadlines that come with work just for once in my life and just shutting off and being like, you know what? I am just open to life experience for a month, two months. Like the, the company of this pointy little face is closed and I'm just going to see what life outside of the business has to offer because I've literally never allowed myself that. You just feel like you have to be, you know, misses available all the time. And I think that that would do me a lot of good mentally. And, um, I love this business, you know, and I will, I'm a lifer. I'll be around, but yeah, I I think I do need that breather a little bit. Do you take those? Yeah. But, but then also that does no, like what I've had to wrestle with is I have taken those. I've Mm. said no to a lot of things because I knew that I needed either to be, I, I, I had to prioritize something else in my life. And then I've also, said no because like even a perfect like a more like light example is just when my time on the vampire diaries mm-hmm. we would work we'd film nine months out of the year and we'd have around you know or nine and a half and we'd have around two ish months of hiatus and so I'd always get like a couple auditions rolling in and I'd you know I'd tape them or go in and then I'd be like and I'm out because I also had a whole bunch of these comic cons that would take yeah. me over to Europe yeah so I would get buyouts for all my flights I'd fly coach, I'd fly all my friends like over, would get oh, Airbnb amazing. and I would just travel for weeks. Like I'd go pop over here with my friends. I'd like, there was one summer where I just like emailed friends being like, who knows someone in France? Like I'm, who knows someone here? And I just kept bopping around to all these places and had the most magical like experiences. Again, this was before kids, but that's why I had this itch last year. I was like, mm. I have to go. I needed a, an off the beaten path moment. And I knew I needed to be by myself. And Scotland driving up to the Highlands in a car in which you were on the wrong side of the car, on the Ooh. wrong side of the road for oh hours. It's a real soul searching experience. You know, it really <laughs> makes you think about a lot of life choices. All those roundabouts just bring you like think around about all your uh choices in life that have brought you to those roundabouts um but it just was so it was so nice because like I just kind of put myself in a lot of situations where I didn't know how what was going to happen it was just with a bunch of strangers like I went I went fly fishing Mm-hmm. And so I'm emailing with this guy, poor, poor Wes, just, I, I emailed him probably a hundred emails. And finally he just was like, I will be there at seven, just dress warm. And he looked, took one look at me and was like, none of this you can wear in the cold Scotland. fly <laughs> He's like, are you comfortable if like, I bring you back to like my house where my wife is and you can borrow her fly fishing gear. Cause they all teach as a family. 
Amazing. And so there I am, like in a car with Wes at seven in the morning, at, like in their kitchen, and his wife's making me coffee and like Aww. dressing me in her clothes. And we go out, and you see these like Scottish longhorns. And like, I am not an expert fly fisher woman. I have done it a handful of times, but the but the lessons that are learned just like you know, the big thing I took away is he wanted me, I was just trying too hard. He's like, you're just forcing it. You're trying to like hook the fish and you're going to break the line. He's like, close your eyes. You have to close your eyes. He's like, you you have to feel the fish. You have to mm-hmm. listen to the fish. You guys are in a communication. Like, Stop trying to force everything to happen. You have to listen. And it's like those little moments that you just need and you can pay for a therapist to tell you that. You can have a cocktail with your friend and she can tell you that. And sometimes you just need to hang out with Wes and his wife's clothes on a lake <laughs> in Scotland trying to catch a rainbow trout. And it finally clicks. And I feel like we, it's especially in America, it's such an American mm. thing to not mm-hmm. give yourself permission yeah. to just go and be. And um were you able to have that in Vietnam at all? Like, you know, obviously I know you're filming a lot of these transformative experiences, which comes, you know, which are still magical, but they're not the same. Yeah, it, it did feel like work mode. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there were, I remember every moment of that shoot in a way. I remember every location. I remember the, the people very well. It's one of those sort of, some productions are just kind of stickier in your brain, but in terms of it being a, a poetic, again, off the beaten path kind of moment, like you and Wes and his wife's clothes and the communication with the fish, um, it was not that. It was, I had to give myself permission to say, you know what, there's a lot of stillness and natural beauty here that I can appreciate from the, uh, <laughs> the chaos of my mind uh, in an appreciative, but, you know, probably a little bit outside it way. Um, and yeah, like I think maybe that's how I see my retirement years is that time for quiet. I, I, I do need to learn to chill though. I'm probably not a great hang right now. Well, I say don't wait till retirement years. You could go take like a week or two and, and, right. and also, we can go fly fishing. We can go fly fishing. That's what you just, <laughs> it's very easy. It doesn't sound easy. I know it really, it's great. Like, you know, you just, you, you do what you do. And also you realize like I I did a lot of these activities because I was so intimidated and also kind of under this assumption, even though I've grown up, like I would go golfing with my parents. I, mm-hmm. I also fly fish with my parents. Like I, but I always thought like, no, like, because I'm not like an expert at it, I can't do that. Like I, I can't go golfing in Scotland. And originally a friend of mine, she was going to come with me and, ha- and couldn't come. And she's the one that wanted to go golfing. And I was like, you don't golf. I've known you for 18 years. You've never mentioned golfing. And she was like, it's the birthplace of golf in Scotland. Why would I not golf? I'm going to pay them my money to get a tea time. They have mm-hmm. to let me. And I was yeah, like, you're they right. Do. You're and right. I'm sure that green looks terrible, but I'm sure <laughs> she had a great time. <laughs> and she didn't get to go. But so oh, I no. kept, the, but I That's kept right. the tea time. Good. And, and it's, it's, it's okay to like go and do things that you're not good at and that mm-hmm. it's not that is a new experience That's so true. and just to, it, just to shake it up. And, and also you find out really unique things about yourself, especially like, I think later in life when you know yourself so well, it's really fun to be kind of finding these little like secret chapters within the book of you, you know? I totally do. And also we ask our kids to try so many things and we have to be a good example also that we have to try and it's okay. They can see us fail. I don't know how to ski. I took my kids skiing this past winter a couple times. They love it. They've got the fever. 
they saw mom wipe out a couple times. But it's, you know what? It's okay. But yeah. we all had a blast. It was really worth it, you know? Yeah. No, that, that is, I'm also, I love skiing. I haven't been in a couple of years, but I'm itching for it. Um, I also just want to say you, like I, even earlier you were mentioning that you, you know, found yourself like the people you feel that people want to see you in a certain role. And a lot of that essentially in like this romantic comedy or romantic drama, like romance, you know, feel, feel good things. And I am just very jealous because I'm stuck in Murderville. Like everything with me is always Quit murder, murder, so murder, good at murder, Candace. So, like, uh, what, like, I'm like, well done for ending up in like <laughs> jolly, beautiful romance. Well, I'm over here just murdering people. I'm hoping people. people want me to do because that's what I want to do personally. And I can't believe you're not a, a happy town resident. That's crazy to me because you're such an inherently like positive and lovely person. Like, well, thank you. That's, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, hope, we'll see if th- this changes the tide. Um, but what are your favorite, like, romantic comedies, romance? Like, is there a book? Is there something that just... I was obsessed with that. I love, like, the John Cusack gets, and Meg Ryan, of course, are synonymous with so many of these roles. But, like, the sort of overly cerebral person in a rom-com, I love, like, Say Anything. I love Gross Point Blank. Um, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? People who just keep getting in their own way and then get out of their own way. And then they manage to like be a better person for someone else. And, oh, I just, I love it. I don't know what to say. What What are some of your favorites? I'm, I'm like a diehard Megan, Meg Ryan, Megan Ryan, or <laughs> I call her Megan. I know. <laughs> um, uh, French Kiss is my favorite, even mm. though I know it's not like her widely critically acclaimed film. Um, obviously, everyone's Marvel One, Harry Met Sally kind of like person, but I love French Kiss. You cannot stream it anywhere. You have to buy huh. the DVD. And I recently bought a DVD player and the DVD, so I can oh. watch it now whenever I want. Good for you. Um, and then you know, classic Nancy Myers, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is always great. Uh, But it is very interesting nowadays that it's so, I think it's really hard to make like a romantic comedy. And even like, I'm not by any means like the way that people date nowadays is just very interesting to me because it's all online. It's all like texting. And I just like, it makes me so sad watching like all these amazing romantic comedy films where it's just like, yes, get back to people going out in the world and like saying hello to strangers and getting to know each other and not just like focusing on their phones in the safe place and swiping Mm -hmm. for people that are miles away as opposed to people who are right next to you. Are you talking to strangers? I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I was going to say you're on the apps. No, I am not. No, I am on no apps at this moment. I, um, I am on no apps at this moment. And I, I, my only strain, the only strangers that I talk to are at airport bars, as I have said, cause that's my favorite place to talk to strangers. But even just talking to other people. I love that you're out chatting up strangers at airport bars. This makes it's me my really happy. favorite, favorite. <laughs> I got delayed for eight hours in Memphis and had like the best time getting Amazing. to talk to like this whole crew of people that we all became best friends, you know, in that period of time. That's beautiful. But, um, but do you find like even like I know that you produce this film, you 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 know pitch this film, like do you find it interesting now trying to navigate being a part of love stories on screen or even the creation of love stories on screen when the reality in this like technology driven 
you know, dating app world is really, it's not as easy and magical as like someone standing with the boom box. You can't stand with an <laughs> iPod. You can't stand with your phone being like, hold on, let me turn it up a little bit more. Can you, you definitely can. I'm on somebody's ring somewhere, but yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, funny enough, my first uh, Netflix movie that I pitched and produced, and um, and if people like it or not, is uh, actually about a very cynical man who sues a dating website called Love Guaranteed that promises that if you go on a thousand dates that you will meet the love of your life. And so he's like closing in on that. And then he hires me. Of course, I'm his lawyer um, to sue the company for false advertising. So uh, do I understand that uh, app dating is ridiculous and difficult. Uh, yes. And I think that that's why it deserved its own movie to address all of that. <laughs> but I like, I like the apps because for dating because they're, the people are further removed from your actual life. I find it very scary to go out with somebody who's a, a setup because it's like, they're going to have crossover. You know what I mean? If they're not feeling it, if you're not, and you see them later and you're like, Oh, hey, Greg, I guess that didn't work out. But here you are again, you know. So in that sense, I like it because it's it, it's your bubble hopping a little bit further. You know, it's not so direct. Um, but yeah, but how do I feel about making movies about these perfect love stories when reality is harsh, which I think is much more the question you are asking. Um, I, I think that it's important to keep the dream alive. And when you are really in love, it does feel like a movie. It yeah. does. That is how exciting it is. And that's the part of it that is no exaggeration. So that's where I don't think I'm representing anything in a false way at all. How people get to that point in a movie is a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. But when you have all those feelings, it's, it, it's bigger than a movie, you know? Yeah. Well, I think everyone is going to have all those feelings when they watch A Tourist Guide to Love. Look it's at so you bringing fantastic. it back around. You are so good at this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, before I let you go, I have five questions that I like to end um, asking my guest every episode. Just word association, just say a sentence or a word that comes to mind. So uh -oh. low-key, I know. <laughs> Get ready. Okay. okay. Something that you like. Um, oh, my gosh. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice, everything. <laughs> That was the most basic. Even answer. now, in the springtime, impending summer, hundred percent. I'm an all. I'm a year-round pumpkin spicer. If that I was on the that. table for me, I literally. love that. Okay. Something that you know. Something that I know that I don't know much. Something that you hate. Coconut. Sorry, sorry, oh. coconut council. Not into it. Sorry, Samoa is not feeling it. Something that you love that's not your kids, family, but something that you love. <laughs> uh, something that I love. I love um, running into people I haven't seen in a long time. It just feels like it feels like I'm where I'm meant to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love when that happens. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And then a quirky little fact about you. Quirky little fact about me. Um, I can wiggle my ears. Really? Yes. Yeah, you have to. Because <laughs> that, that's the number one thing you should probably do on a podcast. People will love it. It's riveting. I'll do the play-by-play. -play. So <laughs> she just tucked, Rachel has tucked her hair behind her ear. Okay, here. She is preparing. Oh, she is moving it with very little jaw movement. All ear. Well done. All ear. 
no I, jaw. I have very big ears, so it's probably <laughs> that probably handicaps it in my favor a little bit. Well, well done. Well done to you. Well done to your beautiful ears. I'm so sorry to your viewers. That was trash. I had a, should have had a much better answer. That's perfect. Um, just like your love of pumpkin spice all year round, we love you all year round. Um, I love thank you, you all year round. All your flowers in your attic. I want to hear more about your move to Nashville. I have so many questions. And please be in touch, Candace. I will. This has been a Super Bloom podcast hosted by me, Candace King. Produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond Imprint Productions and advertisement partnerships with ACAST.